What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Crypto Creamers, and I'm here with uh, another Bitcoiner, Yves Benaim. Uh, how you doing, man? All the way in Switzerland. I'm very, very good. I don't know where you are, but uh, it seems like it's still daytime there, so it's good. I'm good. Yeah, so I'm based in Florida, so like we're kind of on the other side of the planet, but man, the magic of the internet, right? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Awesome. So, uh, man, so I, you know, we, we ran into, we ran into each other accidentally. I'm going to start off the podcast with this, you know, um, because it was just the, the re the, the story of how I, I, yeah, I you insulted you. me. Yeah. I basically insulted you. started you. by you, uh, uh, demeaning my talent. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, that's actually incredibly true. And let me, let me pull it up. So everyone understands what he's talking about. But uh, Eves is actually pretty famous. I, I just I think that people don't understand how famous he is, which is the reason that I wanted to bring him on the podcast in the first place. So let me bring it up. So here is me being an idiot and basically, uh, you know, giving the his beautiful piece of art, which I have right here, by the way, it's incredible. Um, this beautiful piece of art, I gave credit to. Um, the people over at cold card and I was correctly, I was correctly, you know, corrected that Zook was at the actual designer. So that's really cool, man. This is an awesome design. Um, and I just wanted to have you on the podcast so everyone wouldn't make that same mistake that I did. Um, so I just have a question for you. How does it feel? Did you have any idea that this logo was going to blow up the way it did? Um, no, originally the idea was to make something that was um, more like uh, hidden and uh, stealth. Um, the, the, original, the original thread started by, I forgot who started it, but um, someone was talking about the idea of uh, you know, carrying the Bitcoin logo all the time. Uh, how it's really not OPSEC friendly. And I thought about this uh, historical movement of uh, Christians, you know, that fish that you see sometimes at, uh, at the, the back of cars. Um, originally, it was a way to signify that you were a Christian without using the cross. And, uh, and it was, it was uh, very useful when people were uh, being persecuted uh, to recognize each other, but at the same time not use a, sig a sign that other people would uh, recognize. And so I thought, yeah, maybe we need that kind of, uh, the, the name is Ictus. Uh, maybe we need an Ictus for the, the, the honey badger so that people can carry a Bitcoin recognizable sign for other Bitcoiners, but not recognizable for, you know, I don't know, customs official or uh, the $5 ranch kind of people. Yes, and, uh, and so I uh, proposed that uh, sign. Um, uh, Adam Back said uh, the Suze logo or Susie Suze, uh, that, that chameleon was kind of cool. So it gave me the idea of like simplify the honey badger as much as possible and to make it like a little cute character that if you don't know what it is, you have just no idea. Absolutely. And that's so cool that you bring up the old Christian references because I remember seeing that when I, when I went to Rome and I saw the early, I would say like the early Christian graves and how they would 
differentiate themselves from, you know, the Roman religion is they would put a fish on their graves. Yeah. And the, the tour guide would say, look, these are early Christians and it's because of the fish. So that's so cool that this actually has a name, right? So it's like, and it's, you know, so it, for people that understand Bitcoin, they see this and they only, they immediately understand that guy's a Bitcoiner for, but if they're not in the community, they don't understand the reference whatsoever. So that's really cool, man. It's really interesting. How does it feel that I'm holding your art? Basically? No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. What uh, Crypto Cloak did is, uh, is it's quite amazing to see something uh, 3D when originally it was just like a doodle. Absolutely. And it's just, it's being used by Cold Card. It's being used by Crypto Cloaks. And I'm sure that this design exactly. is going to be a staple. You know, I'm sure that you, we're going to see this more and more often. And of course, it's open source. So anyone could just take it from your. From yeah, your exactly. Company. Exactly. And make it their own, you know, whether they want to make a t-shirt t-shirt, or a uh, or a sticker or whatever it is that you want to do, you know, you could just take that design. But it's really cool. And, and I really appreciate that as a Bitcoiner that you contributed something. You know, it seems so simple at the moment, but it's really not. Um, so thank, thank you. you so much. Um, so uh, getting into it. So I saw also on your Twitter when I was checking it out after, you know, I made that horrible mistake that you got into Bitcoin in 2011. Man, that makes you an OG, right? Um, so could it you... Dep kind of it, depends, it depends if you're considering people who actually adopted as in bought or mined or people who got into the rabbit hole. I fell into the rabbit hole, but it took me two years to actually act on it. Yeah, so I think that everyone has a very similar story because I actually used Bitcoin two years, like in 2014, 2013. Like I used it to, I used it to transact, right? I didn't use it to, uh, I didn't use it to save or to hodl, right? I used it as a currency. Um, but then two years later, you know, I got full time into crypto. I apologize. My hair is acting crazy. No, today. no worries. I don't have that kind of problem. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, I, I you know, the 2011, uh, the 20, so the 2011, 2012, 2013, 2013 is very, very, still very early. Um, could you explain, because I think people forget, could you explain how different the, the, the Bitcoin landscape was back then? And how much uncertainty and how much how much how much we didn't know what the hell it was back then compared to now so okay I, I'm gonna humble brag but in reality I, I I feel that I'm not an OG because the OGs were the ones who didn't have any value to me you know like uh, when I started uh, being interested um, there was, uh, what's his name, Gavin's um, faucet was giving five Bitcoin at the time. Either, either it was still giving five or it was giving one. But however it is, it's just completely crazy when you think about it today, right? Absolutely. Back in the days, you would go into Reddit. Um, it wasn't that noisy on Twitter, but in Reddit, the, 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 the uh, R Bitcoin was, uh, you know, growing and... Uh, uh, very friendly because it was super nerdy at the time. Um, and you would just go and say, hey, I like Bitcoin. I'm interested. And people would send you stuff. It, there was absolutely no, there was no scamming. There was, there was, there was nothing because there was basically no value. Um, the, the moment when I started being interested was when um, Gawker published their article about uh, Silk Road. 
Mm-hmm. And at that time, of course, it had value because people were still, I mean, they were on Silk Road, they were buying stuff, but the value was very, um, it was very anecdotal. It was, you know, I don't remember, but like, you know, one gram of whatever would cost, you, you know, mm-hmm. 20,000 Bitcoin or something like that, something completely ridiculous. And, um, but I wasn't there, for example, um, I wasn't involved, I wasn't there, I wasn't aware um, when, um, uh, what's their name, uh, WikiLeaks got cancelled by uh, PayPal and, you know, Satoshi was still in the forums and everything. I wasn't there for Bitcoin forum, I was there for Reddit, if, if it means something in terms of eras. Um, and uh, 2013 um, was the moment when um, things started becoming more accessible. Uh, because in the middle you would have, you know, uh, Shrem going to prison, uh, Coinbase starting, but they don't know if they're going to go to prison as well. Um, you, you had to go to like Second Life, buy some Linden dollars with so forth, and then you would exchange them for something else. It was just, it was really weird. It was really crazy. 2013 is Mount Gox. So... Mt. Gox was really, to me, a very pivotal time when it was super easy. Suddenly, it was very accessible for people who were not OGs, who were not miners, who didn't, you know, um, started with CPU and then moved to GPU and and so on and so forth. Um, You could just be a normal dude like me and say, you know, I want to get involved. I want to get inside that thing and actually see how it works. But back in the days... Um, there was no um, uh, SPV wallet. There, there was no wallet. If you wanted to have a wallet, you had to uh, either run uh, Bitcoin QT on uh, on your on your computer, which was super scary because you didn't know what was happening and it was mm-hmm. downloading the blockchain and everything. Um, and a lot of people are on laptops, so like you start it, two seconds later, you know, you have your fans going like super fast. Um, or you had to use something like kind of hosted, but not really. You had like different options, and that's that's when a lot of people started using uh, blockchain.info because that was the only uh, wallet that made sense. You know, uh, it wasn't completely custodial, but at the same time, uh, you you were not too afraid to do something completely stupid and, and you know, be in the newspaper with uh, your hard drive that exploded and you didn't do a backup and things like that. I got so but back, back in the days, I don't know if you remember, um, there were people who were breaking or like pretending to break their iPhone because Apple was saying uh, we're banning all kinds of uh, Bitcoin-related uh, apps, including wallets. I don't know if you remember, they were like a couple that actually got... Uh, kicked out from uh, from the app store, and people were so pissed off. And and that was a time when we thought, okay, it's going to be like super rebellious or not. And then you know, a couple of years later, you had wallets all over, and bread wallets started, and so on. Absolutely, but it, it's so crazy to hear these stories, right? Because I got in, it wasn't as it wasn't as set up how it is today. Right? I oh, know um, it was it was, it was I, adventurous. I, it wasn't set up as it is today. I remember downloading the exactly what you said, the lightweight client of blockchain.info that you didn't have to download the whole blockchain. So that allowed a lot of people, if you didn't want to download the whole program, to use it for sure. 
And I remember that was the first wallet that I used, but I used it for a transaction. I never used it to save. And then, um, you know, once I started growing older and wiser and an opportunity popped up for me uh, to go into crypto, uh, you know, as a miner, you know, I started learning all these things. And I just want to go back to that idea of resilience, right? Because you said that Apple, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world has a $1.5 trillion market cap. By the way, that, that, that market cap is bigger than the GDP of most countries around the world. Just yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Just to give you a I think, I think, but don't quote me on it, I think they have more money than Craig Wright. But it's, I think it's like just, just or something. They just <laughs> I'm not sure. That's savage. I like it. I like it. So that, I love that, you know, that, that, that story of the underdog, because that's what I see Bitcoin is. And I think that, you know, it is this underdog, underdog going against this huge behemoth of, um, of you know, the, the financial system that's been around for so long. So the honey badger is this perfect, you know, perfect reference to Bitcoin because it just, it doesn't die. And I don't know if anyone remembers that original YouTube video, but that's where it comes from. Of course. And uh, th there is this uh, expression from Taleb that people have been using with, uh, with Bitcoin. It's anti-fragile. It's, uh, it's actually building itself stronger every time there is something that breaks in it. Uh, you have one person going to prison, let's say, uh, whatever his name is, Ulbricht. Um, and uh, two seconds later, you have, you know, like two or three different Silk Roads starting. Um, you have, uh, you know, uh, something that is completely illegal and someone gets two life sentences. And uh, a year later, uh, you have, you know, uh, uh, major companies uh, or two years later, whatever, uh, major companies starting to say it's not so bad. Uh, we're interested and we want to see where it goes. Um, I mean, we're, we, we're not at the stage yet where uh, Bitcoin is directly included in your iPhone's default apps, right? Uh, we're not there yet, but uh, what's, what's the name? Is it HTC or Huawei? Uh, it's Samsung. Samsung but, comes or with Samsung. The, yeah, yeah, it was Samsung. Samsung comes yeah. with a crypto wallet, for sure. And, and, uh, and the idea of you know, this happening just after someone got two life sentences and got everything, you know, confiscated, and it, it's it's so strange because every time every time there is a step forward, there is one thing broken, two things stronger or solidified. Absolutely, and I think that's so important, right? Uh, this aspect of Bitcoin that it's just so freaking resilient that you know, it, uh, and there's so many examples like the Bitcoin cash fork, you know, they're wanting to increase the block size and then the nodes, you know, the people, the plebs, right? Spoke up and we said, no, fuck that. Right. Uh, you know, governments. Um, and that kind of segues into my next question. Apple, another example that kind of segues into my next question, which is why do you think the Swiss government has reacted differently to the idea of, of Bitcoin versus you know, the American government or the, the, or the Western European nations? Why is it that the Swiss government is, is so open to this idea of potentially Bitcoin being a, a, a currency? Okay, so of course I don't know all the secrets, right? Um, these are just my interpretations. But um, Switzerland is a very old country. It's got a very unique uh, level of democracy. 
Um, it's neutral. It has been neutral like since forever. So in general, the Swiss policies, um, they go very, very slowly. Like uh, what it, whatever happens in some places, let's say Malta or Singapore, they want to, you know, they want to be the first one to do this and that. And they're very ambitious and they're very aggressive in the way they do it. Switzerland is more like, you know, the, the old guy in the mountain who says, I want stability. I want everything to work the way it works. Um, but at the same time, they're very into uh, rules. Like uh, it's, a, it's a very, you know, strictly regulated uh, place. So I think one of the thing with something like Bitcoin and also like when the ICO craze started and everything, um, I think the idea was to say we don't want necessarily to uh, become the leader in the world about you know this particular topic. We don't necessarily want to um, uh, you know uh, impose our rules on other countries like let's say the U.S. would be doing uh, uh, traditionally. Um, but we want that if things happen, they happen and they're very regulated and they're very organized and. We know what's happening, and it's not just gonna go like you know all over the place, and then people will be crying, and it will be chaos. So one of the things that they started doing very early, um, they because they, they had to decide. That's that's the idea. Instead of instead of waiting for very long until everything collapses or uh, being ambitious and uh, reckless, they're just saying, well, let's make some some decision that is very simple, very clear, and then from there we can start building. It's a little bit in a way. Um, similar to Bitcoin, where people are saying Bitcoin is boring because it's not as exciting, you know, it's not doing DeFi and whatever. But the idea is, you know, the core layer one protocol, you don't want it to be funky and sexy. You want it to be solid. You want it to be um, uh, something that you can rely on. So Switzerland, one of the things that they started doing, I don't remember when it was, but it was quite early on. Um, they said, we're just going to tax it like if it was uh, a currency or gold based on its value uh, on the 31st of December. So they they check the, the official rate that I don't know where they get it, but some kind of average somewhere. And they say, if you have one Bitcoin uh, for the year, let's say 2020, uh, the, the rate for one Bitcoin is whatever. So 31st of December, uh, 2020 is going to be what 300,000 or something like that. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, so, some like more or less, more or less. Um, so they're saying, okay, you have one. You just declare in your wealth that you have this. So it's not about um, uh, how how do you call that in English uh, when you. Um, you know, like in the U.S., when you spend, mm -hmm. uh, you gains. made a profit, capital gains. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like this is this is so like backward. It's so difficult to use. Uh, what if you're trading? What if you're spending to buy stuff? It's it's completely like it, it makes no sense. It it's applying some rules for stock that or for you know like uh, art pieces uh, or real estate on something that is very volatile and very fungible and that you actually want to use for all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, practical uses. So in, in Switzerland, what they started by, by saying was, we're just going to say, if you have it, 
it's like your wealth. You know, like if you have a million bucks, we're going to tax you on that. If you have a million bucks worth of, I don't know, art or real estate, we're going to tax you on that. If you have a million bucks worth of uh, Bitcoin, we're going to tax you on that. And that actually made a lot of people be not reactive or, you know, reactionary and, uh, and just, you know, go with the flow which is really good for startups and uh, companies that would, for example, in the case of ICOs, would receive uh, uh, crypto as a payment because it's really easy for your accountant. At the end of the year, you just check how much you have. That's it. You check how much got in, you check how much is still left, and you pay your taxes. Um, this is something that is very Swiss in the state of mind, I think. Absolutely. And, and you know, I think that, I'm more nefarious in my thinking. I think that the the rules and regulations apply to Bitcoin, especially from a country like the United States, because of its status as the global reserve currency. Um, of course. I think that they're using that more as a form of control um, more than anything. Um, and it just, I don't think that they're comfortable with this idea of people basically being able to be their own bank because that's exactly what Bitcoin gives you the power to do, right? Like you are the CEO of, of, course, of your own of course. bank. I, I, think, I think the difference between, let's say, the US and Switzerland, because it's really on two sides of the spectrum, is let's say you, there is an alien coming. Um, the US would put the alien in a cage that is inside another cage that is inside another cage, just, you know, just in case. Switzerland is saying, you know, um, innocent until proven guilty. Let's, let's communicate, let's find out, but if there is anything, we'll put you in a cage. And I think that's, that's the difference. I think um, the US is not necessarily, or, or France, France is a, also a, a very interesting example because they're learning and as they're learning, they're trying to become very in involved, but at the same time, they're so scared of it. And, uh, it, but they're so scared that they don't want to see how it works. They're so scared that you know, they lock the key. I mean, they, they throw away the key and that's it. And uh, it's stuck in a cage and nothing can happen. So for for companies and for investors, it's really, really difficult. Absolutely. And I, I just, I, I think that you, you put it, you put it very, very beautifully. And I think that, I think that the whether a government approves this or sanctions this or not, I think that the adoption of Bitcoin, I mean, like people saving and people having an understanding that it, it's capped at 21 million. I think that that is inevitable, man. I think whether, you know, the US approves or the France is approved. So it's like these governments, like they better jump on board, you know, because if they don't jump on board, they're just going to get left behind. Because I think that it's an inevitable thing, man, because because of how open it is. You know, and a good example of that, and I want to get your opinion on this, is how Bitcoin is being adopted in countries with a volatile currency versus countries like Western countries that have a relatively stable currency. In Western countries, it's being seen as an investment, but in in uh, more third world countries where the currency is very volatile it's being seen as a pet, as, as a way to escape inflation. So I'm going to maintain my wealth. Right. So I want to get your opinion on that, you know, cause it's so different how people view it. I think, I think we're very comfortable. I mean, especially with the Swiss franc and everything, like I'm, I'm even more comfortable than an American, but 
um, I think we're very comfortable. We forget that uh, the system in which we live, 50 years ago, most of it didn't exist. 100 years ago, like 90% of it didn't exist. There was a time when, for example, if you wanted to go to the U.S., you would arrive on Ellis Island. They would, you know, ask your name. They would stamp you. They would check if you had, you know, uh, any kind of, I can't see you my, myself. I can't see myself anymore. Yeah, your camera you see went me? off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, thank you. So uh, you would just arrive um, in the U.S. and you would say, hello, I would like to live here. And, of course, it wasn't easy, right? But it was a time when uh, people could move. Uh, nowadays, you know, the whole system that we have with visas and passports and everything, if you want to go, let's say you're a poet and you want to go to Paris, um, depending on where, I mean, more than 50% of the world, you can't even get there. There was a time when, you know, like you would be in a cafe and you would meet that, I don't know, Indian guy and that uh, whatever, uh, uh, South American uh, woman and uh, like a, she would be a painter and uh, the, the guy would be like a sculptor and and you know there would be some kind of evolution and, and it would be quite quite uh, fantastic nowadays we live in a world where everything is very very rigid and we think this is how it is this we, we think it has always been like this but it's, it's very 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 recent I forgot your question now but <laughs> No, I, I like I love these sidetracks. So, do you think that Bitcoin is going to make the world more of how it was for twenty thousand years, right? Which is this this topic. yeah, exactly, exactly. Sorry, now I'm back on track. Um, so that's the thing. We are living in that world, but let's say you know in Venezuela, they don't really care about what currency they're using. What they want is, I mean, they're more down to earth because they are not at the level where they're so bored and, you know, like first world problems, right? Uh, I have an iPhone 11 and uh, my, uh, my screen is a little bit scratched and so I need to wait until there is the iPhone 12 and I'm so upset because, you know, why is the world so unfair? They, they don't have that. So uh, they are more down to earth. They are more like we used to be before we got so spoiled that we we are now in a point that we can't even think anymore. I mean, this is the whole, if, if we want to segue all over the place, this is the whole debate about uh, confinement versus non-confinement and uh, mask versus non-mask. People are so upset with the mask, they forget that it's something that is, you know, it's good for you. Like yeah. if someone has a cold or the flu or whatever, whatever disease that they, you can get by coughing, um, you wear a mask and uh, you're kind of safe and it's very nice and you wash your hands. It's super basic. Uh, in Asia, a lot of people are not touching like we do because, you know, culturally they just don't kiss all the time. Uh, they don't hug that much and they don't shake hands. And uh, when they have a cold, they wear a mask. Or if, if there are lots of people having a cold, they wear a mask. Nobody's upset. It's, it's really fine. But now we're in let's say Western Europe and the US and Australia, people are so upset about suddenly the government telling them what to do that they are going like one step further and they're saying, I wanna get sick, whatever the disease, I, I, I wanna get it. It's, uh, it's completely ridiculous. And this is, this is where 
it goes back to common sense. Like people in Venezuela, they have more, I'm, I'm using that example, but it's like all over the place apparently. Uh, in Africa, a lot of, a lot of countries now are uh, apparently, I, I saw a tweet earlier, uh, the peer-to-peer -peer is exploding. Um, a lot of people are just down to earth. They're, they're, they have common sense that we lost. And I think one of the really interesting things that I saw with, uh, with Bitcoin recently was people saying, I just started saving again. I'm, uh, I'm actually having, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pierre Rochard, who was saying, uh, you know, who cares about confinement and uh, going to, uh, to have a, a haircut, you know, like... Uh, uh, Francis Pouillot was saying, I need to have like uh, an illegal haircut. And Pierre Rochard said, you should not have a haircut. You should save money and buy some, stat some sats. And, um, and people started discussing about frugality and, you know, going back to more traditional values where if you don't need to spend money, just save it. But we got, we got so far away from that. We got so disconnected because we live in a world where you just, you know, you get whatever you want, however you want it, super cheap. And, uh, and, and it's super crazy. And I just wanted to add to that. It's crazy that in order for you to save money, which is, I feel like why it got so unpopular, right? It's because it's crazy that in order for you to save money, you had to buy stocks or you had to buy real estate, which is very expensive, or you had to buy gold. Or buy gold, yeah. And gold is, gold is good, but gold is bad in the sense that if you want to save a lot of money, gold isn't very good. Gold is very fucking heavy, right? And if you want to sell that gold, it's difficult as well, right? Because you have to transfer. And it's not, it's not that easy either, because if you want to buy gold, you don't want to buy jewelry because jewelry is more expensive than the price of gold Absolutely. Of, its, of its weight, right? So you actually need to go somewhere and say, I want to buy gold. And they say, come back in 24 hours. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's absurd. And I remember listening to, I think it was from the Tales from the Crypt podcast. And he was interviewing some, uh, I, I don't want to mess up his name, but he was, he was interviewing a, a Bitcoiner. And he was basically describing of how his family wanted to move from India the United Kingdom and his dad sold all their wealth into gold and then the experience of getting on an airplane passing through customs with all their family's wealth in gold and all the questions they ask you today you know yeah because uh, they think automatically you're a drug trafficker you're a terrorist if you have over ten thousand dollars but now you have Bitcoin and it completely changes the game because now you can't enforce that how do you enforce that right because all of us yeah, okay yeah. you don't want to carry a hardware wallet right you just carry words you know, you write them down in a book, in a page of a 300 page book. How the fuck do you enforce that as a government? I don't think you can, in my opinion. So it just kind of opens the floodgates. Yeah, it, go, it, it goes to um, the, the very old fashioned way of saying that your wealth is your wealth. It doesn't need to be attached to something physical. And this is also something that in 2011, for example, I didn't really understand yet. Um, at first, you know, you're thinking it's really cool because the blockchain and it's really cool because it's, uh, you know, instantaneous and there is this whole network. And uh, you, you start, um, I mean, I started 
in my head, I was equating it with BitTorrent, where you know you have something and other people have that something, except in the case of Bitcoin, when you get one, the other people don't have it anymore, right? And then you start getting into the concept that you never had it in the first place. What you have is access to it. And you start applying, let's say, BitTorrent, uh, the, the BitTorrent analogy to Gmail, where you're thinking, okay, but it's somewhere else. And then you start having, you know, your thing is like everything, like it's, it's streamable money, basically. You, you don't download it. You don't carry it. What you carry with you is access to it. Um, this is this is really really interesting because in a way it it's like fiat. If you want, you know, if you if you want to get burnt by everybody, um, you're saying it's like fiat, as in like the really uh, deeper meaning of fiat, as in you know it's it's uh, a convention. It's uh, it's you agree that you have this because the network agrees that you have this, but instead of being fiat from a very small group of people who are in control of the money, it's fiat from your peers. And, and it, it's crazy. I just wanted to add to that, you know, to like kind of expand on the conversation so you could di di dive more deeper into this subject, which is it's crazy how people have been conditioned today to accept this fiat system and they think that it's been like this their entire lives. Yeah, and I, yeah. just, I just want to name a stat, which is when they passed this law of you could only uh, like if you carry more than $10,000, you know, it, it, it's whatever. So when they passed that law, which was like in the 1970s, $10,000 was equivalent to like $50,000 today. Yeah. Right. So the number hasn't changed. Didn't change. Yeah, yeah. But the value is significant. So back then they're like $50,000. People are like, Oh, I don't care. You know, imagine what $10,000 is going to be like 20 years from now. That's going to be well. The, w the way it's going now. It's going to be pretty crazy. It's going to be crazy. So people like it's not fiat is, is, is it's, 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 it's a, it's a, I'd say, I would say it's a government form of control. It's really bad. And then once you get orange pilled, uh, like for example, myself, and I know that a lot of other Bitcoiners do this. It's like, you just keep your wealth in Bitcoin completely. And people look at you like you're fucking crazy. They look at you like you're yeah. insane. What are you doing? And I'm like, dude, I know that money's mine. I know that Bitcoin is mine. I know it's mine. I know that I own it. I know the bank isn't going behind my back and lending it out to other people and doing all this bullshit. You know, I know that that money belongs to me, right? And you can't say that with anything else unless you have a bar of gold that's sitting under your bed, right? What, what is fun is um, not so long ago, people were saying, you know, it's still risky. It's still, you know, it's still an experiment. And now it seems people are saying, we know it's an experiment, but at the end of the day, it might be the, less risk, the, the least risky <laughs> of all. If you, if you just keep your dollars, it's also an experiment at this stage. I mean, the whole, you know machine uh, printing machine goes burr uh, it's just it's so ridiculous that we we have no idea what's going to happen in one year or in five years or in like in 50 years like there will be consequences um, but what is really interesting is that when people you know like when there was Bretton Woods uh, uh, I don't know like decision at court whatever it's called the Bretton Woods um, convention um, 
people were not saying this is an experiment. They were saying this is the world. This is where we're going now. And, uh, and people like you and me, uh, at the time, I don't know, you, you seem very young, so I guess you were not born, but um, even if we were, even if we were adults, so wait, because now, now my computer decided to fall asleep. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, you're gonna have to edit that as well. So with Bretton Woods, even if we were adults and educated and you know, even working in finance, we would have no idea where we're going. We would just go, it's the government. They know what they're doing. Back in the days, you know, mainstream media was like even more like it was really the, the voice of the government and it was happening somewhere and the whole world was there and, you know, what are you going to do, basically? You, 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 just, you just think... They trusted the government back then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, general, you just, you just think... The government. This, this is the evolution. This is where we should be going because it just makes sense. And when you think about it today, it's so incredible that we are taking it completely for granted. We're talking about Bitcoin saying, well, you know, it's an experiment when the current experiment is basically failing and everybody can see it and nobody's, nobody's saying anything. I mean, it, people who are saying something are, you know, conspiracy theorists. Basically. Exactly. Or they're Bitcoiners. <laughs> or the Bitcoiners. So uh, I think that's so important. And I just want to add into the topic because it's the topic of time, time, right? Time framing. Because as Bitcoiners, we see things, right, from, and I think that it adds to a lot of anxiety to a lot of Bitcoiners. Uh, where it's like you you get in and you're like, okay, I have the world's best money. You know, why isn't the dollar going to zero? I think that it's inevitable that the dollar goes to zero. But you have to understand that this takes decades. You know, it it's going to take 10, 15, 20, 30, maybe 50 if they pull something out of their ass. I don't know. But you can't be thinking in years. You have to be thinking in decades because if you look at time, like the Bretton Woods Agreement, right, where they agreed, I think that was in the 50s or 40s, right? And then all the way to 1970, right? That's a 30-year span where mm -hmm. in the 40s, they're like, okay, backed by gold, everything's safe. We have a safe kosher. You don't have to worry about jack shit. This is good. And in the 70s, Nixon is like, yeah, let's just take, you know, that doesn't matter. We could just print, you know? So it, that, that evolution, and remember what happens during that time. You know, I have, I have a buddy of mine that works at, at Goldman, Goldman Sachs, um, and he still doesn't like Bitcoin. I'm like, dude, are you crazy? He's like, man, I don't get it. It's, you know, it's not backed by anything. I'm like, bro, like, what is a dollar backed by? He's like, it's the government. I'm like, I'm like, okay, hold on, buddy. You've worked for Goldman for how many years? For 10, right? No, for, for what? For six? And you think you know everything about how history is going to turn out? You know, I think that's naive. I think that there's something here that is revolutionary. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what, what else to say because obviously we're on the same side, but um, what is really revolutionary is, I, okay, my, my opinion, but this is really personal, I don't think the dollar will go to zero. I don't think it's the end of you know, the American uh, uh, control over the world uh, for a while. But what I, what I think is it, it just need. I mean, it will have to, move forward faster and faster and faster and faster. They will need to control it more. 
they will need to you know impose some weird regulations that don't make sense just to keep something alive you know it's it's like that the uh, that i don't know like some someone in a hospital bed and you just keep adding medicine and you just keep adding uh, uh, medical equipment but at the end you know that it's inevitable mm -hmm. and i i think the dollar at at this stage um, just by you know just by russia saying you know we're we're just going to mess with you until you give up china saying we're going to mess with you until you give up the euro that is not collapsing as fast as people would think it should um, if you look at all this and you look at the geopolitical climate in which we are we are um, it it just makes sense that now you know everybody hates everybody nobody believes anything if you see something in any newspaper or any media you doubt it whatever side you're on um, Trump is going to be reelected um, that is if he's not you know uh, pulling some kind of weird uh, emergency state where uh, uh, he, he needs to postpone the elections for the next 20 years or whatever but like nothing makes any sense because we're just like trying to keep something happening that is falling apart. Absolutely, trying to keep I, that old system alive. That but is but they will dying. keep it alive. That that's yeah. that's where that's where it's so disgusting. It's it will stay alive for a, a very long time, I think. Um, but it's gonna become it's gonna become so unstable and so weird and so. Uh, unreal and unnatural but you know like a like a like a ghost basically absolutely and, uh, the analogy that you said about the person at the hospital that they just keep yeah. adding machines and medicines where it's like it's it's, it's like artificially extending their lives yeah. which you know that if it was up to nature that person would have died a long time ago so yeah i i totally agree i think that things are just going to get even more crazy i think that the government is going to regulate even more and there is this very interesting like psychological phenomenon which is like when if you change things to a human being too quickly they react badly so they say no 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 no, no. fuck that i'm not going to agree to this but if you start over time over a period of like 10 15 20 30 years start changing things methodically and slowly in in the beginning you're like oh this is just a small change but over time, it's like exponential growth. And within 10 years, if you look at, at, at how things were a decade before, the changes were very radical, right? Like, and a great example of that is this idea of, you know, money laundering anything over 10,000. At that time, yeah. no one complained because it was a $50,000 limit. But now we're like, yo, 10,000 is a little. Like, why did we ever agree to that? So I agree with you completely, man. I think that's and and it and it cuts it cuts both ways because one of the very uh, unique advantage that can never be re replicated of Bitcoin is that it started uh, eleven years ago. Um, the whole concept of let's start something completely stealth under the radar just for us, uh, and we see what happens. And uh, we're a bunch of geeks, and we're just having fun, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it it can only happen with something that is completely new, and everything that is a replication of Bitcoin 
maybe Ethereum can pull it off somehow because, you know, they started quite early enough and now they have like a, a real momentum. It's really something uh, that I don't know how to say, but it, it has enough uh, uh, resilience uh, for any kind of attack. So it, I'm still I, I still think it's a shit coin and it's a pre-mined scam. But <laughs> in in term in terms of the future, they have you know enough uh, footprint to mm -hmm. be able to do stuff. But anyone who has a good idea today, and and you can see that even with like sometimes you know you can be curious and you say, well you know this is a shit coin, but they have a they have a good idea. Wh whatever it is, I'm not gonna name names. But you're thinking you know it that might be a good idea. And you think, yeah, but they, they will never be able to pull it off because everybody is looking at it. Everybody is going to try to attack it because the only way for nobody to attack it is to pre-mine like crazy and to have the founders keep a lot. So even if they're like with really good intent, um, they have to behave like they're scammers. So whatever happens, they will be treated like scammers because there is no way out anymore. And this is where it, like the, the whole Satoshi... Uh, I don't know, uh, experiment to me is incredible because it was the following of the cypherpunks. It was happening exactly as the internet was really, you know, becoming kind of a commodity that everybody has that is just like very normal, that everybody has on their phone, everybody has, you know, like 3G, 4G, I don't remember the, the chronology, but it was becoming something that was very standardized. And at the same time that it was standardized, people were saying, oh, you have to renew your passport. We're going to get the, you know, biometric this and that. We're going to get your fingerprints. We're going to get this and that um, because, you know, 911. So nowadays you can't just travel the way you used to and everything. And it, it's really like two storylines side by side that just happen exactly at the same moment. And the coincidence is just like un unbelievable. It's crazy, and and uh, it just the virgin birth, right? Which is what I the the term that I like to say. It's the virgin birth will never be replicated, right? Because it's impossible. It's the, impossible. Now people see a coin and they see they tie financial value to it. When Bitcoin yeah. was born, and you you said, and I love the stories of of the OG. I'm calling you an OG man because the you were around for the faucet, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I hear stories of the faucet, but you know, it's I I, I was too young, so I didn't care about that shit back then. So you know, it, 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 imagine that, guys, like five Bitcoin given away in a faucet, right? That's like $50,000 today, a little bit more, right? So it's- Yeah, and, and at the time, at the time you were like, but I don't have an address. Well, I'll do it another time. You and, know, why do I care? Because I, I don't even know that. where to get an address. But that's what, that's what was able to give Bitcoin this virgin birth, right? This like, you know, where it wasn't fucked with. And then as soon as that pizza transaction happened, all of a sudden, this token or whatever, this, this trinket that you were using on the internet that everyone was like playing around with, all of a sudden it had monetary value, right? And then we all know the story from there. Um, and uh, Eves, I, I wanna touch on um, a, a really cool project that you're working on. Um, let me pull up this website, cause I, I love this type of shit. Um, I'm a sucker for this type of shit, so definitely want to talk to you about it yeah, so that's that pile it's also open source you guys can go check it out it's on github it's an apple app uh so because they usually things are developed for android so it's an apple app that it's an address tracker that's all it is and it's really cool because if you look to the things it could connect to your uh 
that could connect to your own node, right? So not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. But you are working on we're, it. We're working right? on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so I, I would rather use this than, for example, Blue Wallet is cool because it does have that functionality, mm -hmm. but it's more of a of a wallet. Right, and that, I don't want a wallet. Thing. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I want to use Blue Wallet as a wallet, but I don't want to have at the same time in my you know day-to-day -day wallet access to let's say my Trezor where I have twenty-five billion worth of whatever. So the only way for something like that to work for me was uh, what Samurai did. They have the Samurai wallet on one hand, on the one hand, and they have Sentinel on the other hand. They're completely separate. They're two different things, and one is really just for you know checking things. Um, what we wanted to do was to have something that is very basic, so that we can keep growing. And uh, so, what needed to happen first, of course, was that it would support all kind of addresses because. Uh, you need to use the API of the the Explorer that will be working, uh, uh, you know, with uh, SegWit and everything because they don't all do it. Um, but what we wanted was that you can choose your Explorer. So now we have two. Uh, we use uh, mempool. Uh, I forgot the name. Uh, mempool space. Um, and uh, the second one is uh, blockstream.info. Okay. These are what uh, power the APIs. Um, and then from there, you can verify uh, uh, within the browser, you can verify any address to uh, double check on, I don't know how many, like eight or nine uh, uh, explorers that you just, uh, you know, in one click, you can actually have access to it from outside the app. Um, the next step, of course, is the XPUB so that you don't have to put individual addresses. And, uh, and the next thing is, of course, to use your own node. And if you use your own node, you want to use Tor. Uh, so, you know, like it just, it just snowballs. Every time we move forward, we just want to add something new. Um, but what we didn't want to do was to wait until everything was done because I think it was really lacking on, uh, on uh, iOS. I, uh, I like Sentinel uh, on Android, so we don't need to reinvent the wheel. But what we really wanted was that uh, if you are, uh, I don't know, let's say you give, a, you give a, a paper wallet to a friend or you give a uh, um, uh, cold, uh, not cold card, sorry, open dime, or you have an open dime, you don't want to bookmark things. You don't want to put them on an Excel spreadsheet. You don't want, like, it's, it, everything is a pain in the ass. What you want is, like, the equivalent of a bookmark for your navigator. You just want to have a bookmark, and you want everything to be put together, and you want to have the total. And the total should be in SATs because it's the standard and because, you know, enough is enough. Um, most people nowadays, all the new newcomers, they will never have a Bitcoin. Um, it's just the way it is. Uh, all the people who got five at the faucet, they gave away probably more than five, you know, to their friends. So now they have nothing. <laughs> and their um, friends probably, you know, and their friends, away yeah, the, exactly. the private keys to that. So, 
Exactly. They say, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's great. I'll just you know write it on a piece of paper and forget about it." I love um, this. I love this because, and this is what I'm going to start using now. I love this for one simple reason: is it's exactly what you said, man. It's the fact that you know, blue wallet, blue wallet is a wallet, but this is only uh, you know an address checker. So if I want to check my multi sig, you know, pub files or addresses associated to that. All I have to do is just plug it into this and then, you know, and then that watches my addresses for me and then it, it, uh, it adds all the balances and that gives me, okay, this is my balance for this wallet, right? So I think that's so important um, and, I, and I completely agree with what you're saying that iOS is just lacking. You know, everyone's just yeah. with Android, but I'm, I'm a big Apple fan. Just because, look, I don't care what you say. You know, you could say, look, PC is better, Linux is better. And you can say all that. I have those things, okay? I, I have a PC. I, I, I have a fucking Linux machine that I have on my PC. But let me tell you, my everyday laptop is a Mac. And can I tell you why? Because it's fucking easy to use, okay? So yeah, anyway, it's, uh, it's comfortable. It's like, go, dude, like you're fucking lying. Mac is just easier to use. You can say whatever you want about how their, their culture and then whatever. And, you know, like it's a closed garden, all that shit. I don't care. It's easy to use. And that's what I care about. So this is really cool, man. I, I love it. I just downloaded it. And, man, thank you so much for coming. Oh, on thanks. The, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, you know, um, I, I, what, we are called the Crypto Cumers, even though we're a Bitcoin-only podcast. But Well, yeah, you have to start rebranding. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Bitcoin fudge or something. So uh, we, like, I like the name because it Trojan horses a lot of people from shit coins because they're ah. like okay crypto creamers okay cool you know and then it's i only talk about bitcoin stuff but i don't say i only talk about bitcoin stuff it's just i only have bitcoin people so you know they kind of get stealthy to that community but i've had so many conversations with people it's like why are you call the crypto community? man it's just it's a good name i don't know what to tell you it's like crypto cloaks why are you called crypto cloaks if you do only bitcoin notes? um so uh the, one of our most traditional question for our show is basically um what is your favorite ice cream flavor mr honey badger creator well <clears throat> i'm i'm super super boring what i like is fior di latte that doesn't to sound me, boring at all, man. Well, it's the most it's the most basic. There is not even vanilla in it. Um, what I like with it is that you can like you can't cheat. You know if if the if the, the ice cream maker makes a good fiordi latte, it's gonna be fantastic. And if they what don't, is the flavor? What's the flavor? What does it taste like? Well, it tastes like mm, frozen milk. Mm, okay, but that sounds delicious. But, it, that but sounds if delicious. if okay, I never had it good or almost not at all outside of Italy. So probably Giacomo can relate, probably, you know, most people can't, but so, I, I think I think what I want is the ice cream basic. I, I want I want the, la the layer one protocol of ice cream. Then okay. after that, you can do whatever you want with your fancy flavors. Yeah, so I, I like if, if I, if I didn't live in Europe and you described this to me, if I only lived in America, I would say that's disgusting. But I've lived in I've lived in Switzerland, so I understand what you mean that milk could actually taste good, right? I understand exactly. That. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, man, I'm sure it's a very delicious flavor. Um, but guys, thank you so much for checking another episode of the Crypto Creamers. If you guys want to check out more of these stuff, I'm gonna put it down in the description definitely download the sapphire and if you guys want to you know create your own 
merchandise or whatever stickers you want to spread around the message with the legendary hunting badger it's also going to be on this github which i'm also going to link down in the description guys thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to like and subscribe and i'll see you guys next time.